two F's that are effing great. Football and food. This is Pigskin and Burnt Ends with Patrick Netherton, part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Hey gang, we welcome you inside the Pigskin and Burnt Ends Podcast with Patrick Netherton. That's me, I'm Patrick Netherton. Uh, we are part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. So excited to have you with us. Do want to apologize, didn't have a pod last week. Things kind of got a little crazy last week. As we were getting ready for an ESPN Plus broadcast, more on that coming up in just a moment. And so time kind of got away from me. I didn't have a good interview that I wanted to use. But we're back with a vengeance this week because we are going to talk to the hottest name in college football this week, this year. 5-0 Kansas Jayhawks. Lance Leipold, the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, will join us on this week's edition of Pigskin and Burn-In. So I hope we make up for the uh, the lack of a, a pod last week. We do apologize for that. Uh, coming up on the pod, we mentioned Lance Leipold. Also got to talk a little LSU-Auburn, LSU-Tennessee, which is coming up this week. And I want to don't really have a good barbecue story, although I'm heading to Illinois coming up this weekend and hoping to hit a barbecue joint while we're up there, maybe get a, a good barbecue place uh, somewhere up in Champaign, Illinois. Not sure if we're going to find one or not, but we are headed up there uh, this weekend, Northwestern State getting set to take on Eastern Illinois. Uh, Speaking of Northwestern State, for those of you that follow the podcast, that is what I do for a living. I'm the voice of the Northwestern State Demons, but I've had a great opportunity here the last two weeks uh, to move over and be the voice of the ESPN broadcasts that are originating from Northwestern. Uh, First time we've ever had ESPN uh, broadcasts originating from NSU, so that's really cool. We haven't had that before very excited about that. Basically, uh, the Southland Conference, all of the member schools of the Southland Conference got into an agreement with the uh, ESPN folks. And basically now every home game or home match or whatever is going to be televised on ESPN+. Plus, And that is going to be for the entirety of the Southland Conference. So if you have a soccer match, let's say, or a volleyball match, or home basketball, uh, home baseball, home softball, and of course home football, all of those will be televised. We've done a couple of volleyball matches. We have now done two football games. As a matter of fact, our game this past weekend, Northwestern State with a big come-from-behind victory Uh, Against Nichols, that game was actually featured as the number one game on Scott Van Pelt's Bad Beats over on ESPN, uh, the post-Monday Night Football Sports Center that Scott Van Pelt hosts. It was was the Bad Beats, the number one game on Bad Beats. So that was pretty awesome. We got to see our handiwork there with Scott Van Pelt. Really cool to see. And uh, big thanks to Scott. And look, I I do want to say... Scott Van Pelt and his producers and his staff, his uh, his researchers or whatever, do such an incredible job with that segment because they're out there identifying every player, right? Uh, Demons had an onside kick. Eddie Godina, the kicker, uh, the kid that Zach Patterson was the kid that recovered the onside kick. And Scott Van Pelt mentioned all of them, which is just awesome. That's just a, a little touch that makes Scott Van Pelt so good at what he does. 
and big kudos and big thanks to him and Stanford Steve and their, their whole crew uh, for giving Northwestern State some love on their, their Monday night uh, Sports Center show. So that was pretty awesome. We were really excited to see that. And it just goes to show that, you know, getting into that ESPN family does make things a little bit different when it comes to television. They have your clips ready to go if they want to use them for something like Bad Beat. So uh, so pretty cool to see that. That was really awesome. Uh, meanwhile, I've gotten to do two ESPN Plus games on football, and it has been an absolute thrill. I'm in my 20th year as the voice of the demons, and so to be able to have a new challenge is kind of refreshing, to be honest with you. I haven't had a new challenge in in my broadcasting career in quite a while. It's been doing the the Patrick Netherton show, you know, adding this podcast, which is a little bit different, but it's somewhat similar to doing the radio show. Uh, and obviously done radio for football and basketball and baseball and softball and all of that. So the ability to add television into the mix is truly, uh, truly cool, really remarkable. It's it's just so awesome to have that opportunity. And I thank Northwestern State and all the crew uh, there for really having my back, allowing me the opportunity to do this. And uh, I think we've had a great start. I think the two games that we have called so far have been absolutely fantastic. So uh, looking forward to it, going on the road to, to Eastern Illinois this week, but we'll be back at home and getting to do a couple more home games. And the cool thing is, for the last three home games, that included this past Saturday, my color analyst is Gary Reasons. Now, some of you may remember that name. Gary Reasons was a linebacker for the New York Giants, one of the inside backers. He ended up winning two Super Bowls with the Giants, He was a college football Hall of Famer. He played at Northwestern State, where I'm calling games. And so he, able to come back and be a part of the NSU broadcast, just makes it really cool. He's obviously a pro. He's been doing uh, television for 20, 30 years now. So to have him available to to help us out is just really, really awesome. So it has been a lot of fun. And I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting back at home, being able to do the next ESPN broadcast. So if you do have the ESPN app, feel free to tune in Northwestern State anytime you see us with a home game. All right, let's talk about LSU and uh, Auburn going on the road. Uh, LSU was an eight-point favorite going into the game. Kind of felt like uh, LSU would be able to cover that. You felt like they were at a little better spot than Auburn was, uh, you know, Auburn was was breaking in a new quarterback with Ashford, and so you kind of were going, all right, well, this may be an opportunity here for LSU to make some hay. But kudos to Auburn, man they they hung in, they hung in. LSU did not look particularly productive offensively, especially in the throwing game. Uh, Jaden Daniels threw for just 80 yards in the ball game. I think LSU threw for four or five yards total in the second half. Uh, obviously, you can't win that way in the SEC. You just can't. You got to be running it for three bills if you're going to try to win like that. Uh, LSU ran it 100 and, 185 yards on nearly 50 carries. And again, Jaden Daniels does a lot of that damage. 16 rushes for 59 yards. So, if you're LSU, you, it's great you found a way to get a win. Home, uh, first road game in the SEC, that's really good. That's nice to see. But you have got to up the production if you are going to continue 
to win games in the SEC. I mean, let's be honest, 21 points and 85 yards passing is not going to beat Alabama. Uh, It's not going to beat Georgia, should you face Georgia at some point. It is not going to beat Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. So uh, that's the the situation that LSU finds itself facing as it uh, moves forward. Now, after our interview with Lance Leipold, the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, we will come back and talk about and preview that LSU-Tennessee game a little bit, talk about the players to look out for and what we expect to see in that one. Uh, but first, we're going to chat with Lance Leipold. Uh, so just to give you the backstory here, and I, I go through it a little bit in the interview uh, before I get Lance on, uh, basically, when I was on the Tim Brando show back, uh, gosh, now probably eight, nine years ago now, uh, we had a, a guy send us a, a message basically to our producer and, and had a school that said, hey, we'd like to send you some gear. And it was D- Division Three Wisconsin Whitewater. So we said, well, sure, we always take some gear. So next thing you know, a Wisconsin Whitewater helmet shows up along with a bunch of T-shirts. That's, you know, national champion. If you don't know, Wisconsin Whitewater was an absolute power uh, under Lance Leipold. They, he was, I believe, 109-6 and six and had six national championships. So he had as many national championships as he did losses in his career at uh, Wisconsin Whitewater, Division Three. So... Uh, He sends us a helmet, he sends us some gear, and that turned into a running bit where other coaches and other sports information staffs and other uh, athletic staffs would send us a helmet to put on our set, because at that point we were on CBS Sports Network, we had the shelves behind us, we would have all sorts of helmets everywhere, and so that became a running gag on our show called Who Sent In The Helmet. And, uh, and that became a fun bit that we did for the rest of the show. And it was Lance Leipold at Wisconsin Whitewater, who is the one that started that. So fast forward, uh, I keep in touch with Leipold. Uh, he you know, makes his way to Buffalo. He turns Buffalo around. Then he makes his way to Kansas. He turns Kansas around. In between that, I got to go visit him at Kansas a couple of years ago now. I was up in Kansas City with some friends. We decided to go over to Lawrence and see, see really just to see Lance and, and see the facilities. And he was nice enough to you know get to spend some time with us, hang out with us, and then uh, had one of his coaches give us a tour of all the facilities. We got to go down in, uh, at the booth and down on the field, and we got to go to their new indoor facility and all that stuff. And it was just incredible. And, of course, last year, Lance Leipold wins the game against Texas. And that is kind of what they they hung their hat on. They had a couple of moral victories, which he's not a fan of. And then they turn around this year and they start off 5-0. They've got wins at West Virginia, at Houston, uh, undefeated Duke at home. And then this past week, uh, they defeated Iowa State 14-11 at home. And uh, they were the fourth highest scoring team in the country coming in. Uh, pretty awesome to see them be able to win with defense. And I, by the way, I will ask Lance Leipold about winning with defense. So I uh, had the chance, like I said, I've known Leipold now for, for a lot of years. He has been good to us. He's come on with us when he was at Whitewater. He's come on with us. He, he came on with us when he got the Kansas job. And so I basically just said, hey, would you be willing to give us some time Took a couple of weeks, schedule busy, of course, game day coming to Lawrence this week. And so he's, they, they carved out 17 minutes for us, and it was awesome, and it was so cool. Uh, so Lance Leipold, 
the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, 5-0, ranked, and with college game day coming to Lawrence, Kansas for the first time, uh, that will be our guest coming up in just a moment. Hey, college football fans, we know that with the season cranked back up, you're looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices, and we want to make sure you take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. We know that buying college football tickets online requires trust, and Ticket Smarter has partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They've also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner as well. And with the best selection of NCAA football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of college football live. Purchase your tickets quickly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. And we've got an additional offer for those listening to the podcast here on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Network. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON and then 22 for 5% off your order of $100 or more. And that code, by the way, not just a one-time thing. Use that code as many times as you want this season for the best selection of college football seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections and the pricing now with Ticket Smarter. And remember our code, GRIDIRON22. That's GRIDIRON22. Think smarter, ticket smarter. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Head coach of the 5-0 Kansas Jayhawks, college game day coming to Lawrence, Kansas this week. It's our conversation with Kansas Jayhawk head coach and the hottest name in college football right now, Lance Leipold. Couldn't be more excited to welcome in our guests today. Look, we, we know uh, someone asked for the story, so I'll give you the quick, quick version. We're on the Brando Show. We get a, a, a DM and a helmet from Wisconsin Whitewater head coach Lance Leipold. Hey, can I send a helmet and some shirts to you guys? Absolutely. That became a running bit called Who Sent In The Helmet? And basically, people would send us helmets, or teams would send us helmets, and we'd have to guess what they were. And it was Lance Leipold from Wisconsin Whitewater who is the one that did that. Uh, we would we'd then go on to text a good bit. We'd talk a good bit. Uh, remained friends through Buffalo and then to Kansas. Got to go see him a, a couple of years ago up in Lawrence. Lance Leipold, ranked 5-0, and the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, joins us now. Brother, how the hell are you, my friend? <laughs> doing well, Patrick. How are you doing? Man, I'm look, number one, uh, I really do appreciate you because you're in that point in your career where you could very easily go, look, I've been with you know, Gene Wojciechowski. Uh, we had Tom Rinaldi in here. We got game day coming. You would be well within your rights to say, I don't have 15 minutes for a guy in Shreveport. So I do want to say thank you so much for carving yeah. out some time for us. Well, I appreciate that. And, and again, you've kind of gone back to the story. Probably when I had a little more time on my hands, <laughs> I, could watch, uh, I could watch and listen to the show a little bit back in the day. But uh you guys were always so good to me as a as a Division three guy, and I would guess I've always believed. Uh, you know, don't don't forget where you came from sure. and those that were there with you along the way. So uh, I'm not going to ask you about any of the current openings in college football because here's the thing: even if one of those schools was your favorite school of all time and it was the job you coveted most, you can't say it anyway. So it's a stupid question. So I'm not going to ask it. What I do want to ask you though is going from. You know, a guy that is out there trying to find your next gig or, you know, make that move up, whatever the case may be, to now the guy that everyone else is talking about. 
making that move. What is that like to deal with when it's something that you haven't really had to deal with before? Yeah, you, you know, when you're so busy, I, I think sometimes that gets lost, because especially at this time of year, um, you're, you, you know, it's early in the year, and I know job openings keep coming earlier and earlier, but we we got a job to do here. First of all, I, I'd be remiss for saying we're extremely happy here. Travis Goff gave us a great opportunity. We have no no intentions of leaving. And, and at the same time, though, when, you know, we never went looking for jobs before. Um, it was a, a rarity when Whitewater that I got a call that Danny White, the then athletic director at Buffalo, was, was interested in talking to me. And, and it was a weird type of find that being in Wisconsin that the furthest east MAC job available was the one that actually had interest to make such a huge jump. And, and again, we take the same approach here because, uh, you know, we, we've got a fine TCU team coming in here. We better make sure we stay focused and make sure we do a great job for our players. It's you, You've gone from, hey, that win over Texas was cool to game days coming to Lawrence for the first time ever. Uh, just the, the, the ride that this has been, and I know you have to be micro-focused and, you know, next game, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. but can you appreciate sort of the ride that you're on right now? Probably not exactly, <laughs> yeah. Cedric. I don't, you know, it's so much, but you know, there's, you know, it, it, it's been, you know, whether it be five seconds or whatever, you know, taking the field before the game and, and seeing what used to be half empty now, not now full and people excited um, to say that doesn't give you extra excitement for the players and everything that they've, you know, you know, you know, we got to stop being a punchline around here and stuff and to see that happen and see their work and efforts and really to those that stuck around, you know, see that pay off. I, I think that's where it gets fulfilling. You uh, talked about, and I, you know, watched you with Gene Wojciechowski and watched you with Tom Rinaldi. And one of the things you talked about was the belief that this team has in itself. And, you know, look, you're a guy that's not accustomed to losing. We've talked about you had as many losses as national championships back at Whitewater. You turned Buffalo around. What's that like trying to turn a culture of, man, maybe we can win. Man, maybe we'll hope we can win to we go out on the field expecting to win. Well, we talked about that early in the year a little bit, too, is, you know, um, stop hoping and, 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 and expect. But then the, the, the more important thing is, preparing and planning to win and and that starts like today in our morning practice and and how you take care of yourself and your diet your sleep and your film watching and those are all the things we tried to really lay a foundation with last year and uh talking about you know progress and success isn't just on the scoreboard or in the standings we needed to make sure that we were making improvements and winning in other ways in the program just through the daily accountability and, and setting standards and embracing competition within the program. And I think those have been some of the things that no one really sees that has really helped us take the steps we needed to, to make to this point. The other thing that I find really interesting is you have your guys and your guys have been with you. Whitewater, Buffalo, you know, your offensive and defensive coordinators have been with you for a long time. What does that mean to be able to have that kind of stability and that sort of comfort level within your staff where that messaging comes out? You, everybody already knows what you're going to say. Everyone already knows what you're looking for. You don't have to teach your coaches what you want. 
Yeah, I I think that's always been part of, you know, a hiring a staff is people that I was comfortable with that understood me, giving them the latitude to do their jobs and not micromanage. But like you're saying, having that consistency and, and you know, with minimal staff turnover allows you to keep progressing. But also um, the trust that you have in them and putting the plans together and executing and all those other things of the details of, of what may coaching be can be, it allows like myself and our strength coach, Matt Gildersleeve, to focus on the smaller details and, and the effort and the strain and the finishes and, and other small details off the field that many times if you're rotating a lot of coaches or if you're a head coach as a play caller, it'd be, it's, it's very difficult to try to do and maintain structure and discipline, especially in the early days. Now, those that can do it, they're a heck of a lot better in multitasking than me. So, um, but, but this is, uh, like you said, we've been able to keep a, a core group of guys uh, together. And I, I don't know, I, um, you know, they're, for some reason, they want to stick around and work with me, but it's, it's been fun. And it's, uh, it, it, it's been part of the reason we've been able to gain success. Well, if I, if I may speak for them and also, uh, maybe uh, something you might not not even know or or care about, and that is when you treat people right and you do things the right way, people tend to want to stick around and be a part of that. And I think it shows to those of us on the outside that aren't in your program on a daily basis that what you're doing is things the right way, treating people the right way. Otherwise, they wouldn't stick around and want to be with you. Well, that's nice of you to say, and I, I hope that's the case. I, I think there's Probably two, at least two cases. I'm trying to do my mental Rolodex of things, but uh, two two assistant coaches were with me at Whitewater, went on to other jobs, and then came back. So I guess that's one good sign. Yeah. And then two guys I, I was assistant uh, assistants with, we were uh, at Omaha together on the same staff. So I think they go about it, you know, because there comes a certain point, you know, it can be level of football, it can be salary, whatever, but. Um, you still got to walk in the office, put in a lot of hours with guys, and you, you want to be around people that you like being around each and every day. Lance Leipold, the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, undefeated, finally ranked. Uh, Lance, I hate preseason polls. I, I, I think the first poll should come out in mid-October. Why it took them this long to rank you, I don't know. It's just another reason why I hate polls. But I, I really want to talk to you about winning in different ways because you had really been winning with offense through the first four games. You've mm-hmm. been outscoring people. You turn around, you face an Iowa State team, always good defensively. They're, they're a different defense. They, you know, offenses tend to struggle against them. What Matt Campbell's done there is fantastic. And you win a 14-11 to 11 game, a game that really looks <laughs> like a – I mean, that, that very much looked like an old-school – uh, Big Ten game from from thirty mm-hmm. years ago, and you find a way to win that. I've got to imagine the confidence that that builds. That hey, we can win in other ways too. We don't always have to go score forty on someone to win. Sometimes our defense can be what we rely on. How much of a confidence builder is that for you guys? Well, I, I think it is. It, it's it's unique, as, and you, you make some really good points because you know you talk about winning down in Texas last year, and, and that's been talked about for a long time but we i don't know we gave up 56 points Mm -hmm. i mean so even though you win there's still a side that goes man you know there's a lot of things happening there that we've got to be better at but you found a way to win and celebrate well 
Now this is probably the other extreme where, you know, one side of the ball is not as happy as the other one, but we found a way to win. And we, we, we say that pretty much at the beginning of every season. You know, if it's, if, you know, if it's 56, uh, you know, we got to find a way to score 57 or whatever. If it's, uh, you know, if, if, if it's, you know, two, then we got to score three, mm-hmm. whatever it is, or we score three, we got to hold them. So it really played out. And, and the other component was, I, I thought, you know, unfortunately, you know, is, uh, fortunately for us is that we won the special teams battle as mm-hmm. well. They had, they had three missed field goals. So we had one. So it's one of those things that if you can win in those other two phases, you've got a chance. And uh, I think that was one, but also like you're saying, it can show that we have consistency in our program to find a way to win any way possible. So everyone's talking about Jalen Daniels, your quarterback who has had such a remarkable start to the season, statistically didn't have a huge game for you against Iowa State. As we talked about, it was a bit of a defensive battle, but I want to, I want to go back because, you know, he's a guy that that's there when you show up and he has to fight his way into the starting job What's it like, and, and not just him, but also a lot of the holdovers that were there that were part of, uh, as you talk about, trying to shift the culture. What was it like, not just for Jalen, but for the rest of the guys, trying to get them to buy into what you were selling coming in from Buffalo? Well, yeah, you know, it was funny because obviously your listeners know that, you know, we replaced Coach Miles, and, and but he was only here two years, and some of them played for, for Coach Beatty, and we've had players uh, – you know, that had eight position coaches. We had, mm. we, we had two mid-year quarterbacks come in five months before I, I got the job that were when, when I hired Jim Zabrowski to be the quarterbacks coach, that was their fourth position coach of the semester. Wow. And, and yeah. And, and so when you say that, and that, that fell into Jalen as well is that they're just looking for some consistency and opportunity and to find out now trust isn't built overnight. But as we said, we, we look to show them consistency on a daily basis through routine. And, and like many programs across the country, that also was a component of this was, was the COVID protocols that everybody had to go under. There was such a disarray in college football of just your daily schedules that I think they were just ready to get back to some normalcy. And I think those things lined up for us quite well. The transfer portal uh, is much ballyhooed, and, and I, I keep reminding everyone, it's not the portal itself that's the issue. It's the uh, free transfer, the one-year free transfer that you don't have to sit out if you're transferring uh, FBS to FBS. Uh, how much are you wanting to use that? How much are you wanting to dip into that and, and use that to kind of shore? Is it, are you talking kind of shore up spots like you used to, used to with junior colleges? Or is this something that really can remake a team from one year to the next? I think it's going to be some of each. I, I think, you know, you may see rosters around the country that'll be maybe that, that have used junior colleges in the past. Um, we have great junior college football right in this state, but mm-hmm. you know, it could be a third, a third and a third of your, of your class, but also having to replenish those numbers. Cause you have to really look of if you're losing guys in the portal or wherever that is about, you know, um, really the depth and really the experience of your football team. Last year we were, the youngest power five football team in the country, third youngest overall. And we looked at it just physically and by age, we, we had to make some decisions to try to get a little bit older, a little bit more physical with depth and things like that. So we utilized it. We utilized some of the junior colleges. 
Um, it was kind of, you know, they, they rank you know, whatever and all that with your transfer classes. But the neat thing about our program that I think right now is that the depth that has really helped us, because right now we only have three transfers starting, but now a bunch play and the drop off isn't as, is, isn't as much in experience or size as we were a year ago. And I think that is one of the hidden components maybe of our success so far as well. Uh, you, you, you're the guy that brought game day to Kansas for the first time ever. I know that it doesn't necessarily affect you per se. I mean, obviously there'll, there'll be interviews and everything. You have to do all the excess media. Um, but just what does it mean to, to, you know, this early in your, in, you know, this early in your, your tenure at Kansas, this early this season to have the national recognition that you guys are getting? Well, I, you know, I would First of all, I'll say our, our, our team and program brought game day, I, I think, through the way we've played, not one person. But, uh, you know, I think it says a lot for a program that has struggled for over 12 years um, to have a first-time opportunity, to have the day and the exposure for our program and our university and all those other pluses that really have been absent for a long time. And, and hopefully people then will continue to watch us and watch our program grow and see it as, a, as an ample opportunity and uh, for one of their, uh, you know, for potential recruits as a, as a, as a consistent option and uh, a legitimate one. And that's what we're hoping for. All right. Last thing for you, Coach. You, you have a, a pretty rough schedule upcoming. You got to 5-0. and oh, That's awesome. Now you got TCU at home. You got to go to an Oklahoma team that's reeling a little bit. You know, those guys will be out for blood. And then you got to go to a Baylor team where Dave Aranda has things cooking pretty well. You know, and then Oklahoma State, who's arguably the best team in the Big 12 right now. So, you know, fine and dandy to be 5 and 0, oh, but but how much do you look ahead and go, "Okay, well, we we still got to back this thing up week in and week out?" Well, I I think if you talk to any coach in our conference, um you know, sometimes it feels nationally even a year ago that uh, I don't know if we were getting the due of of the consistency and the quality of play. But the one thing is, at least um, in our opinions, the, the I, I guess from top to bottom, the toughness of, of the day in and day out weekly schedule is, is the one that anybody can beat anyone. You're starting to see it. And I think with an improved program of ours from Kansas, you know, who's been sitting at the bottom for a while, we, we've even added to that, hopefully, that problem. Like, you, you rattled off some good football teams, but uh, you mentioned about how well uh, TCU played last week mm-hmm. against Oklahoma, and that's going to be our focus. So it's going to be a battle. We've been fortunate to have three home games in a row, which is very uncommon. And not only will we have six games left after this one uh, this week, we have four of those on the road. So it'll be extremely challenging, but... As this team gains confidence and continues to grow, I think it's one that they'll embrace. Lance, I I couldn't be more excited for you, man. I couldn't be prouder and happier for you. Uh, I know what a good dude you are. You've been with us and and around us for for quite a while now, and I am so excited and so happy for you. Keep it going. We want to see more victories, and uh, and we won't bother you again until the offseason, brother. Well, well, that's all right. Anytime you guys want to – want to get together let's do it you and rogers are great people i appreciate your friendship and i wish you and your listeners nothing but the best lance leipold head coach of the kansas jayhawks thank you coach awesome stuff from lance leipold so good to chat with him and uh look you're not going to find an easier guy to root for in college football than that guy 
He has, has paid his dues. He's come up the right way. He's been a winner everywhere he's been. We mentioned going into the interview, the guy had as many losses as national championships in, uh, in Division Three. was uh, six losses, six national titles while he was at Wisconsin Whitewater. He led Buffalo to a 10-win season. The guy knows how to win. It brings up a, a, a larger conversation about why are ADs scared to hire really successful coaches from lower levels, and uh, that's a discussion for another time. But I, is, I, I do think it is worth noting that ADs, by and large, seem nervous to go get a Division II guy that has won a bunch of titles or an FCS guy that has won a bunch of titles. Usually those guys, like Leipold, have to go to a group of five school, like Buffalo first, then make their way to the Power Five, when in reality a guy like Lance Leipold knows exactly what it takes to be a winner. Hey guys, with college football underway, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. Did you know that BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely? Well, we want you to go to BetUS.com, B-E-T-U-S.com, and take advantage of an offer we have on with our shows from the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. You'll receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in. Get an additional 125 to play with. Put in 200, you get 250 more, and so on. Also, BetUS has the NFL, the MLB postseason, and soon the NBA, as well as almost any sport you can think of or wager on. But we know you're college football fans, that's why you're here, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, that's B-E-T-U-S.com, and remember our 125% match bonus for initial signups with our code COAST22, COAST22, BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. All right, let's talk about LSU coming up against Tennessee. It is going to be a a very, very interesting game because it is the morning game, which traditionally is very bad for LSU. LSU hates the morning games. Their fan base hates the morning games. They don't like playing at 11 a.m., and uh, so that's where they are. They're playing at 11 a.m. on ESPN. That's 11 a.m. Central Time, by the way. And so uh, that this is going to be an interesting thing here because, again, LSU fans, by and large, struggle to get up for the 11 a.m. games. In the Big 12, in the Big 10, the 11 a.m. game is the coveted slot. In the SEC, and especially at LSU, the 11 a.m. used to be the old Jefferson Pilot spot where uh, you know it was always the JP game. It was kind of the worst game uh, that they would have, they'd stick it at 11 a.m., and that's kind of how the SEC uh, fandom continues to think of the 11 a.m. game, is that really bad, uh, really terrible time slot. But LSU fans are going to have to find a way to get up for this one. Tennessee and Josh Heupel have done a remarkable job. Remember how uh, everyone kind of lambasted Tennessee for uh, hiring Josh Heupel from Central Florida and how the Talk was, oh, this guy's not ready for this. He runs that funky, up-tempo offense. It's not going to work in the big, bad SEC. Well, now you look around, and Hendon Hooker is is playing amazingly well, and Tennessee is number eight in the country, and they're getting it done with uh, a lot of offense. So 
that's kind of what you got to look at. Hendon Hooker hasn't thrown a pick yet. He's he's uh, he's thrown it for over t- almost twelve hundred yards. They've got a good running game. Uh, this is going to be interesting, and I think the key in this ball game is going to be the passing ability of Jaden Daniels. Uh, Daniels, much like Hooker, has not put the ball in harm's way. Honestly, Jaden Daniels and Hendon Hooker are a lot alike. They're both guys that can run. They're both guys that can get out of the pocket and scramble. They're athletic. They both can throw it. They both have good arms. The only difference is Hendon Hooker has been less reluctant to go ahead and throw it. Uh, you know, they've got similar touchdown numbers. They both have not thrown a pick. And ultimately, I think, and you heard Brian Kelly, or if you may not have heard it, but Brian Kelly this week talked about how he needs to see Jaden Daniels be a little less risk averse, maybe a little bit more risky. That look, if you uh, if you are are you have that mentality where you're going to go in and you're going to throw the ball occasionally, you will get intercepted, and that's okay. I uh, don't want to do it regularly, but that shows that you're you're confident that you can put a ball in a tight window in a space where your guy can go get it, and that's what you want to see from your quarterbacks. And so right now, Hendon Hooker has a little more of that confidence in the throwing game than Jaden Daniels does. So to me, the key to the LSU-Tennessee game uh, in this ranked matchup, 11 a.m. at Tiger Stadium, is how does Jaden Daniels throw the ball? He cannot throw it for 80 yards. Can they get Kayshawn Booty involved in the passing game? He's been the missing man. You know, he's an all-world receiver. Malik Neighbors has been good. A lot of the other guys have been good. Tight ends have been good. But they need Kayshawn Booty and Jaden Daniels to figure it out. And that, to me, is the number one thing to watch. I think if Jaden Daniels throws for 220, 250 yards, something in that area, uh, unless it's just they're down 21 to nothing, 28 to nothing, and they're having to come from behind. But if he's throwing for those kind of numbers within the regular framework of the offense, then I think LSU wins this game. Uh, If he throws for another 80 yards, I think there's no chance they win. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe LSU comes out and runs it for 300 yards. They got John Emery back, who's a a game-changing back. I just don't see it happening. Tennessee will load up to stop the run. Jaden Daniels is your biggest run threat right now for LSU. They'll find a way to try to eliminate him as well and force them to beat you through the air. And until Jaden Daniels proves that he can do that, teams will not play LSU straight up. They will lean towards stopping the run. They'll bring extra guys in the box. They will commit their safeties until Jaden Daniels proves that he can beat you through the air. The uh, opposing defenses will let him have the passing game. They will gear up to stop the run. So look out for Jaden Daniels, what he does within the framework of the offense. Again, if they get down big, throw all that out the window, they're in come-from-behind mode, whatever. But if it's within the regular framework of the offense and Jaden Daniels throws for 220, 230, 240, something like that, then I think LSU can pull the upset. If he does not and he throws for 120, 130, Whatnot, then I think Tennessee gets the win in this ball game. All right, that'll do it for today's edition or this week's edition of Pigskin and Burn Ends. Big thanks to Lance Leipold, the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks, for spending some time with us. Just, a, a, again, a terrific guy. 
He's done it the right way. He's won at every level. He is one of the easiest guys in the world to root for. And if you don't have a, a necessarily a rooting interest in college football, maybe your team is is struggling early on and you're looking for a secondary team to root for, hey, pick Kansas, man. Kansas is a great story. It's a fan base that is overdue for some success, and they have a fantastic human being and a remarkable coach at the helm. Uh, for the Kansas Jayhawks. TCU comes in this week. That's going to be a tough one, no doubt about it. Uh, maybe their first loss of the year. But, uh, I, again, I don't, I don't put anything past Kansas at this point, especially with game day coming to town. They're going to have their third consecutive sellout. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere in Lawrence, Kansas on Saturday morning. All right, that'll do it for us. On the road this weekend, as we always tell you, even if you don't win the, the road game, win the road trip, make sure you go out there, catch some college football, eat some good food, enjoy some time. If you're on the road, go visit uh, uh, one of the home tailgates. Even if you're the opposite team, you're the opposing team, go in there with your colors and just you know see, see what happens, man. Uh, they, may, they may kick you out, but most tailgaters are going to invite you in and want you to have a good time. So please go out there, have a great weekend. We want to make sure that everyone is having fun and make sure you win the road trip, as we always tell you. This has been the Pigskin and Burn-Ins podcast with Patrick Netherton. I'm Patrick Netherton. Big thanks to all the folks on the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network, and we look forward to seeing you next week right here.